Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin, the show where I invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. I'm Melissa, your host. Today I'm chatting with Chelsea from The Gathering Code. Chelsea was actually the wedding coordinator for the day of my daughter's wedding, and she helped us navigate so many stresses of a wedding. Because if you know, if you're planning a wedding or you're getting married, it's very stressful. And then when you add a global pandemic on top of that, you can imagine the stress levels. So we're going to be talking about some tips that she gives brides and grooms without the pandemic, as well as tips for brides and grooms during the pandemic. So you know what I need you to do right now? That's right. Start listening. Welcome back to another edition of Chats from the Blog Cabin. Today, I'm joined by someone that's very special to me because she had a huge part in my daughter's wedding, Chelsea from The Gathering Co. And Chelsea, I wanted you to come on because we're going to talk about how you can navigate a wedding during the pandemic as well, because that's a lot of brides are out there really crazy. So why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Yes, thanks for having me. It's so special that we get to reconnect this way. Um, my name is Chelsea. I'm the owner of The Gathering Co., which is a wedding planning and design company. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing this uh, for a little over five years now, um, but The Gathering Co. is about two and a half years old. Um, so we just love what we do and super excited to chat. Yeah, and originally you started it as a part-time business, am I correct? Yes, so we got started. Um, I absolutely loved what I did, but um, it was in more of a corporate setting. Um, so I definitely found my passion through more of a side project, um, getting involved in weddings, um, starting with my own and just seeing lots of my family members uh, in the wedding industry to some capacity. I actually started out with um, venue managing for a local venue here in Raleigh and just fell in love with the whole atmosphere, the industry, um, have always loved designing and hosting and just fell in love with the field. So I did leave my corporate position and full time started The Gathering Co. Um, after it took off within six months, I was able to quit my full time corporate position and uh, just have not stopped since. <laughs> I will say, and um, I've actually told your mom because your mom was actually on talking about the keto lifestyle not too mm -hmm. long back. <laughs> um, I actually told her that was the best decision we ever made was hiring you guys to coordinate the day of coordinating for the wedding because you guys, every little detail you took in things that we would not even thought of, you guys did. And you guys were just amazing. Well, that means so much. We absolutely love wedding days and 
it really all comes down to the small details. So it makes us so happy to be able to just notice those small things to make the, the whole event run so much smoother. And it really means a lot when we get to see the family and the bride and groom actually enjoy themselves and take in all the moments instead of having to worry about the little things and the big things. So um, yeah, it was such a joy to see everyone enjoy themselves at your event. Yeah. So tell people that don't know, what exactly do you do? Go from start to finish with the wedding. Yeah. Um, so I guess in general, our packages uh, run from month of coordination, which is more event management. And we meet with you a couple of times throughout your planning period. Um, we also offer you a preferred vendors list. So you get to know some of the experts that we really trust uh, within the industry anywhere from hotels to tailors to photographers and more. Um, and then we also give you a planning guide, spreadsheet, um, walk you through your timeline. We develop your layout and flow of the day with you. Um, and then getting closer into your date, we offer a walkthrough with your vendors and the venues. So we have a chance to just sit down one last time as a whole team and get any of those final edits down. Uh, and then we do take care of being your point of contact from that point on. So a couple months out, we start taking over vendor, vendor communication. So you're just chatting with us instead of 12 different vendors. Um, so we kind of take that and we're your middle, middle man for that. Um, but we keep up with RSVP counts. So we make sure to keep up with any changes and guest count and relay that to your caterer and your venue team. Um, and really just make sure all your vendors are up to par on the information they need. And we run rehearsals, so we work out that time with you. And then we're the first vendor in, the last vendor out on the wedding day. Um, and that includes setting up everything for you, vendor managing, making sure they're doing their job, and we're all flowing nicely on the back end. And then, of course, being the, the face of the wedding, making sure the guests are happy Bridal parties happy, of course, the bride and groom and parents are having everything they need um, and coordinating the timeline throughout the entirety of the event. And then, of course, at the end of the night, making sure we get everything cleaned up and sent off with the couple and the family so that you don't have to stay behind and do all the work after just having such a beautiful time. So, yeah, in a nutshell, that's event management, which is what you guys got to experience. Um, and we also offer full design and full planning, which is just from start to finish, helping uh, curate the perfect wedding day. Um, but yeah, we love all three. And whether you're event management or full planning, we love to have close relationships with our couples. So um, whatever you choose to do, we're going to be there for you in the same way. Yeah, I was... I will say that I actually went back and I said, I wish we had hired you to do the whole planning <laughs> because it was so hard to try to plan a wedding when Maddie's in California on the West coast and I'm <laughs> on the East coast trying to plan and trying to get their specifics because she really thought that Lex was going to be very, very picky. And he was like, no, whatever you want. And so I'm <laughs> like, I really wish we had just, I had taken the stress off and just let you do it all because it would have been so much. We all did an awesome job. I know it can be stressful at different locations, um, but yeah, I know how that goes. We work with brides and grooms everywhere. I mean, we did a wedding in New Orleans. We're going to Boston. We work with couples that live in different states from us and each other. So we definitely um, 
know how that goes for sure. But y'all did a wonderful job with everything. Yeah. So you also offer something that a lot of wedding planning companies don't offer. You have an in-house minister. Yes, we do. <laughs> My husband, Thomas, some people know him as Lowell. Um, so it's funny. Some people will be like, is your husband's name Lowell or is it Thomas? I'm like, he goes by both, but Thomas is easier. Um, yes, he graduated with MDiv and he has a pastoral position part-time with our church. So it's really nice to uh, have that relationship a step further with some of our couples. Um, so yeah, that is an opportunity that arises every now and then. And I kind of get to be his boss on the wedding day. So that's kind of funny that you get to be his boss on the wedding day. I like that. <laughs> Arrive at this time, do this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because when we hired you, we already knew we were going to hire your mom for the cake. Your mom is totally separate outside of your company, but sometimes you pull her in to help. And oh, then yeah. <laughs> You just threw your husband and said, hey, you know, he's a minister because we were worried about the premarital counseling and they're in California and all this stuff. And you're like, hey, I just throw it out there. My husband's a minister. And Maddie just said, yeah, we'll just go with Chelsea's husband because <laughs> it's a lot easier. It's just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of perfect. I mean, it's, you know, in those situations, the couples get to know me or they know me through someone. And it's kind of nice because they feel a little bit more of a connection to their officiant um, because of knowing me and then getting to know him. So it's kind of a fun duo uh, team for the wedding day. I will tell you, um, I don't think you heard this, but the day when we were talking about hiring you for, you know, to coordinate Maddie's wedding, the florist, Emily from Odom Farming Company was like, I'm intimidated. I have to work with her. Her stuff is so gorgeous. And, you know, and you get that a lot, don't you? And people are like kind of because you're so young, they're kind of impressed or amazed that you have been able to build something so young. Yeah, I do get that a lot. Um, I don't I don't like saying it because I, I feel weird saying it, but um yeah, I'm very thankful and I definitely stay humble in that way. But um, I've worked really, really hard. I, you know, when we first started out and even sometimes now, especially with what's going on, I know we'll get into that later, but, um, you know, it just takes work until 2 a.m. sometimes and waking up and just willing to put in a lot of the work and Practice makes perfect in my mind. So we really just dove into doing a ton of styled shoots and really just trying to get our name out there um, for what we could do. And I am very particular about my standards. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned earlier, just every detail just does not miss a beat across our desk. So mm -hmm. I really, really appreciate that. I hope that we have built a name around you know, being really good at what we do in both details and design. Um, but yes, being as young as I am, I've had to work, I think, a little extra hard and make people realize that I have a natural talent for it. It's not just my age. So um, I really appreciate that. Now, let's talk about how COVID has made you pivot, because obviously there's a lot of cancellations or a lot of rescheduling and you've had to like. So how have you pivoted your business? Oh, yes. Uh, great question. It's honestly, we've had to relearn the business every couple of weeks. Um, every two to three weeks, we're really just relearning how we can 
be better and how we can do things up to mandates. Of course, we're abiding by the mandates, um, but at the same time, just trying to still have weddings and make people feel like it's just as special. Um, so really, I'm part of this group called the North Carolina Wedding Association, and anyone can join. Um, they're just a wonderful team that meets weekly, um, virtually, sometimes twice a week, just trying to stay up to date on everything that's changing. And the fun thing about being a planner is that I have to learn all of the venues ways of doing things. So I think that's the biggest thing that I'm thankful for, but also the biggest thing I've had to learn is that every change, every mandate that comes to uh, life, if you know, it's changed from 25 outside to 10 inside, but you might have some different rooms where you can have 10 in one room and 10 in the other venues are doing so many different things and i have to make sure as a planner i know these 10 venues different ways of doing things and how to communicate that to my couples and to my vendors so uh, we kind of have our hands in a lot right now relearning every time we get an update for what the wedding industry is allowed to do we kind of have to relearn what we're allowed to do so do you have a book that you kind of keep all your venues in so that you know what their standards are, or do you just know from the top of your head? I do keep my records. I do know off the top of my head because I work with a lot of wonderful venues multiple times. So we actually do log updates in a spreadsheet, but we also have layouts ready to go to show couples that, hey, we did it this way and it worked really well, or here's what we learned from this past wedding. Mm -hmm. um, we've even done routines like uh, a pre-ceremony cocktail hour so that a separate group that can't stay for after the ceremony got to enjoy some of their guests they may have not enjoyed you know or could see after the ceremony and then we've had a wave of people come through for the ceremony and then a certain portion stay after the ceremony mm -hmm. um, and that just took a lot of detail we had to give people certain rooms to go into and we gave them wristbands so the red wristbands went into the red room, the white wristbands, you know, stayed outside and the blue ones stayed inside in a separate room. So we've gotten creative in all kinds of ways to still maintain seeing as many people as you can at a safe distance um, while also being able to operate within the legal limits. So, yeah, we're, we're keeping up with it via spreadsheets and having examples like that to talk through with our couples. But you've also done something else. I'm, we're going to hit on that in a little bit, but the How We Gather shoots as well. Yes. Um, I love How We Gather. It's a passion project of mine. Um, my lead designer, Christina, and I work on that together. Um, so, you know, just have two minds coming together for uh, that event. That uh, looked a little different in July because of what's been going on. So um, we were actually able to maintain the numbers we were allowed um, and kept a nice flow with who was allowed inside and outside. And we provided enough space within the venue for people to spread out and wear their masks. Um, all the food was individually packed so you didn't have to touch anybody's stuff. Uh, we had a bartender serving water and, and drinks. Um, but the gist of how we gather is two times a year we host a styled shoot and it's more so of a shootout experience. And so a shootout is where 
we design everything and pull a vendor team together like you would on a wedding day, but it's geared just towards the design and the experience with photographers and videographers. And so this is a great way for vendors to step out of their comfort zone on the hosting vendor side, the florist that we hire, the bartending team, the venue, us, we get to create things that we might not see every day at weddings. Um, I like to compare it to when you go to a fashion show, you probably wouldn't put on the outfit you see them walk down <laughs> the runway with, but that in turn is communicated down the line to something that would be at your local stores that you would buy. So that's kind of how we do how we gather. We like to create these bold, creative and unique ideas that have so much intention behind them. And these photographers and videographers get to come and see that, maybe shoot differently than they usually do, or maybe add some diversity to their profile and try things that they might not get to try on a wedding day. And then our hope is down the line that it would open up inspiration to wedding days and they might you know, do something a little different that they may have not done before just by seeing that it actually can turn out and look fun or that color palette could actually work together. And so that's how we gather, um, very community-based. We absolutely love, you know, being together and we have lots of downtime to, to just talk to the photographers. We, uh, you know, have hosting vendors that get to speak. I know you went to one of our very first ones. Um, so we still have that same feel, it's just grown a bit more so, um, you know, just having stricter timelines on, hey, we're gonna sit down and be intentional about why we're here. What can we learn from this? We might have a couple of guest speakers um, and just have a time to hang out. And your style shoes are like, they're gorgeous. They're like magazine worthy gorgeous. They are just- <laughs> so much. We, yeah, we put a lot of heart and soul into them. So it's so great to, you know, hear good feedback, especially from those who've been there um and you know getting published a few times throughout the last year that we've started it so that's been really fun to see so now let's go back to brides and grooms yes what are some of the tips regular tips not during a pandemic but a regular oh, tip that you would give to brides and grooms on their wedding days or when they're planning a wedding or yeah so i like to um give a couple of tips that are my pretty standard must to do tips. Um, one of my favorites, and I've gotten some good feedback from this is creating an email account that is specific just for your wedding day. Um, so if it was Thomas and I, I might say Chelsea and Thomas 2021 at gmail.com or our last names or something. Um, that really allows you to separate your personal life into your planning life. And so, you know, when you're at work, it's your work email, and then you come home and you leave that. You can then pick up your planning time and set aside time to log into that account and keep everything in labels and organized and it doesn't merge between, you know, your other busy times. So I think that's a really big one for me when I work with couples or if somebody asks me for a small tip, like that it actually goes a long way and kind of separates stress. So I would say that um, in the planning period, I would definitely nail down your guest list first thing, because that can definitely, especially now, be a huge topic of discussion between families. So I would break it down between you know, your A list, your B list, 
And then those who are, you know, a non-negotiable 100%. Um, and go ahead and just have that discussion as a team between you and your fiance of, you know, how many people is our cap and how many people are we going to allow, you know, each family to invite. And that just goes ahead and lays down that foundation. So that doesn't become an issue or a sore subject when you're trying to just enjoy the fun planning times. Cause I think it can definitely easily turn into a stressful mm -hmm. you know, conversation. I'm sure y'all had the same thing happen. It happens to everyone. Um, well, it wasn't as stressful for Maddie's, I think, because we knew in the end you were going to carry it, cover it. But with the yeah. that we did for, Oh yeah. Kayla and Gracie. No, that's one of the reasons why I was like, we're hiring not this time. <laughs> not this time. I want to spend as much time. And I will tell you that my husband did say he could not believe that I hired you. And he's like, I can't believe you did this. But then after the wedding, he was like, she did an amazing job. That was probably the best money we spent. I'm like, see, yay. <laughs> I, you know, I love it when the parents are like, that was the best decision. Cause it's, it's so important to us to also see the, the mom and dad or, you know, whoever, whoever that figure is for the couple to also see the benefits of it. Um, so it's when we go to hand the bride a drink, we also want to hand the mom a drink. <laughs> like, what else do you need? Um, so that that's so great to hear. And that kind of brings me to my third point and two part. I usually ask my couples right up front, especially just during the consultation with them you know, what are your top three priorities? If you could choose anything throughout your day or that maybe you've dreamed of or talked about, is it the flowers and the design? Is it the experience with your guest? Is it the music? Is it the food? And that way you can then break down your budget to first focus on maybe it's the venue and you've had the stream venue and the stream photographer. That's the first thing you need to put money towards. Um, and invest in and then break down your budget after that. Um, and then I guess uh, part two of that is I not just saying it because I'm a coordinator, anyone you hire, I think a coordinator is a must have for people. It's from somebody who surprisingly didn't really have one, <laughs> just part of what my passion is for it. Um, it makes a huge difference to, you know, not see your mom out there trying to decorate or like her friends decorating um, and, and kind of stressing about the day and you having to answer questions or the bride getting texts on the day of saying, oh, you know, I might not be able to make it now or hey, what time does the ceremony start when you've already sent invitations out? You should have someone that's at the forefront for you that is unbiased to you know a certain degree and just that lead person that can really take care of the whole day for you. And so you're so in the moment with your people. Um, I, I really do believe in it, true and true. I think it makes a huge difference to have someone there to take care of that for you. So that would be my kind of top three things that are off the top of my head advice that I would say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would definitely say hire, even if you're only hiring the day of coordinator, because it takes so much pressure. And it was like, we were looking around going, okay, what are we supposed to be doing? And we had to stop my husband several times because he tried to help so much because yes. he was so used to doing it. And Maddie wanted to get up there and help too. I'm like, no, it's your day. I know. Stop. She was like, I'll just come there and kind of help. I'm like, no, you're not. You need to go relax. <laughs> 
which I totally understand. It's hard. I coming from someone too. I know it's hard to kind of like let go of some plans, but um, that's why trust is so huge to us. We want not only for you to know that our work is good and we produce well, but we have that relationship and that trust there. So that's why I was saying, whether you're a full planning client or just event management, we want you to feel that connection to us just as much. Um, Cause I mean, it's a big day and you should trust the people that are in charge of it. <laughs> well, honestly, we didn't even look at anybody else. I just said, I'm hiring Chelsea. Cause I knew you. Yes, I made amazing cakes, but you also went to school with Maddie. You're what a year mm -hmm. ahead of her, right? So yes. she was like, and even Maddie was like, mom, I just, she did such an amazing job and thank you. And she even wrote us a note afterwards. Her and Lex wrote us a real nice thank you. Wow. Note saying, thank you for making it a wedding of our dreams. You know, especially considering that majority of the time I had all the planning and everything to do. Yes. And grand beautiful event. Mm-hmm. So now let's talk about some tips during a pandemic because a lot of venues are either canceling or limiting. And so how do you handle, because I know this has got to be very stressful. Yes. Um, I think couples can sometimes be quick to say it's just sucking all the joy out of my planning experience. And so we kind of want to be that person who steps in and says, it doesn't have to, like if, if you have, you know, the plans in place, it doesn't have to, you got to make it what it is. So um, my tips would be first talk about, well, first connect with your venue. I would say connect with your venue and your coordinator. Those are the top two people that you should connect with if you are thinking about the possibility of a smaller guest count, rescheduling, or canceling in some capacity and getting married in another way. Um, you need to know their policies first and your coordinator is going to be the person, at least for our end, that helps you with that transition and reaches out to all your vendors to get their policies. Because everyone's cancellation policies and rescheduling policies are so different. And our goal is to get you in the right uh, guest count or in the postponement uh, mindset without any issues from your vendor team as, as smooth as possible. So um, we don't want you to really feel that transition as much as you think you might. So I think the first thing and the first tip is open up that communication channel between your venue and your coordinator. And if you don't have a coordinator, maybe that's something you look into. Um, just it's so important, again, just to have that third party who is stepping in as a lead and knows what vendors are doing. They know how to read contracts. They know how to talk to vendors. Um, so they're not just, you know, saying X, Y, or Z, which vendors have been amazing during this transition. But I think having a third party, like a planner who's reaching out to them does make a difference. Um, and have a plan B no matter what. If you're someone who's like, I'm going to stick this out, you know, plan A, I'm going for a hundred plus people. Um, I still recommend to everyone, at least through 2020, to have a plan B. That might mean you have a smaller guest list that's 50 and, and 100 that you're willing to jump to a couple months out if it's not looking like, you know, you can have 150 people. Or plan B or plan C might look like a second postponement date. 
And so venues, um, at least a lot that I have worked with, are willing to at least hold a date for you and give you right of refusal. You know, if you if they have an inquiry that comes in and you chose October of next year, but you haven't moved it yet, they would reach out and tell you, hey, we had someone reach out for your wedding day and give you that opportunity to go ahead and make the move to the next date. So definitely have a plan B, whether that looks like, again, a smaller guest list or another date on hold so that if your plan A doesn't work out, you've got all the details ready to go. So that transition is super smooth. And then another tip, don't forget to still enjoy each other. It's, you're getting ready to get married. It's easy to take your focus on the wedding and put that before your relationship with each other and get so stressed out about the, the actual event and not necessarily the marriage. Like you need to stay focused on why you're even doing the wedding in the first place. So we like to just, you know, talk with our couples and really just bring it back to the roots of, Hey, when we started out planning your wedding, or when you start out planning your wedding, the excitement was because y'all were getting married and it should still be there. I know these other plans are so important, but we'll take care of those for you and you guys can focus on your family and each other and keeping everyone safe. Um, so, you know, I think just having a reminder sometimes to step back from that is really important um, during your engagement season. Now, have you had to reschedule weddings that, uh, of course you probably have had to reschedule some. How, how have the brides handled it and the grooms and the families as well? So we've rescheduled about 50 weddings at this point, wow. which is a lot. <laughs> um, between myself and my, uh, you know, couple of other lead planners, we've scheduled about that many, um, give or take a few. And it, it's definitely a hard conversation. It's not fun for anyone, but I think, you know, for my clientele that we pull in, everyone has been amazing. Like everyone is so strong and they are open and, Again, communication is the key for us. I don't, you know, we don't hide anything. We put everything on the table and we prefer a call if possible so that we can hear each other's tones. We can work it out. Um, remembering that we're all in this together. Every business is struggling right now. You know, venues are struggling. Couples are struggling in both their work and their planning life with weddings. So I think leveling the playing field, um, has just been a wonderful thing for us is just honestly getting closer to the families and talking to parents more than we probably would have in the past and talking to some of our couples on more of a personal level than we had in the past, just checking on them, seeing how they are and just putting all of the options and doing our part to know their options as well. So constantly, you know, educating ourselves with the venue so that, there's nothing that they don't have options for that is allowed um, has really helped the communication as well to see that their vendors are doing their job. Um, but in turn, the couple is doing their part and being, you know, open to what we're trying to do for them. Um, so I would say overall, the more communication we've had and more patience we've encouraged, our couples have been phenomenal. And if you're someone listening that is going through this, um, 
if your venue or if somebody's being difficult, it's probably just because they're, you know, going through a lot. So uh, hopefully that communication can strengthen there. Um, the more and more you guys see that we're all going through this. But on our end, our couples have been amazing. I think we've just really been super honest and open with communication and, and just educating them on what we can do for them. Now, do you think, um, should you suggest the couples do some non-negotiables? Like if they want to have a certain venue, make sure, are there a certain photographer? You know, these are non-negotiables that when we reschedule, we'll reschedule whenever they're available or... Yes. So that's kind of why I mentioned um, and suggest reaching out to your venue and your coordinator first so that two things. One, you can get all the venues availability. So you're, you're like, I need my space. If the venue is so important to me and canceling means more damage than keeping the venue, um, I first need to know what my options are. So you kind of lay those out while the coordination team reaches out to either all or your priority vendors to see what their availability is as well. So we can kind of come together and compare all dates. And then we send a final email out to all the vendors saying, here's the date we're choosing. Please confirm once again that you're available and send over a contract. Um, so yeah, we collect for sure. If they have maybe two vendors that are like, I cannot lose my photographer mm -hmm. and my videographer. We immediately reach out to them and say, Hey, we're looking at dates. Here's what's going on. Can you please send your availability through 2021? And then we can pair that with the space and we merge the two together for them and then send it out to everyone else. Now, have you had brides that decide, you know what? I don't want the big wedding. After all, I just want to be married and do kind of an elopement too. Yes, we definitely have. Um, we've had some really fun elopements and this fall is full of micro weddings, which is about 25 and below. Um, some are 10 and below, just depends on, you know, what you're looking to do and definitely, uh, you know, making sure if you want to elope, you communicate that it's either just you two, because I think some people think elopements are maybe more like 10 people, but that's mm -hmm. creeping up into more of a micro wedding. Um, so first we communicate with them, you know, what does that actually look like for you as far as numbers? And then we either move the reception to next year because they still want to have a party with all their friends and they may have already, you know, pay their deposits and everything just looks planned and ready to go. So we actually postpone cocktail hour on and then we have the beautiful ceremony with just their bridal party and parents or just their parents or just them. Um, and, you know, it's been kind of cool because the design aspect can come out more and you might be able to invest in even more than you had originally thought. Um, you know, add a, add a couple of elements that make it feel even more special for you. Maybe we really do up a beautiful picnic or we really do up a beautiful ceremony spot. Um, so you have those moments that, you know, feel like a wedding day, even though it's just you and five other people. Um, so it's actually opened up a lot of outlets, I think, in this area that weren't necessarily there before. I think elopements are definitely becoming more of a comfortable thing for people and people are getting excited about it and seeing that they can just be as beautiful. Um, we've always offered intimate weddings. So it's kind of fun now that it's like, you know, people are seeing that that's like more of a thing and it's, it's on trend and it's, it's actually fun to have a smaller wedding sometimes. Um, 
so yeah, we're definitely seeing a lot of that where they're either saying, we're actually going to stay at our venue and just have a smaller account and just fill the space out. And that's where our, we come in and help with the layout to make sure it feels full, even though we just have maybe 15 people. Um, or they're saying, we're just going to get married and then move our reception to a later date. Now, is that an additional cost or you're still working with them on the same cost price? So for us, um, it depends on when their new date lands. Um, if they're a design client or a full planning client and it's going to naturally mean more hours, we do discuss that with the couple like, hey, you know, it's going to take these hours that are necessary to transform your wedding from a spring to a fall wedding or things like that that may incur cost, um, especially if they're trying to reschedule way past the point um, of like nine to 12 months. Um, but for the most part, the extra charge, like if they want to get married and then move their reception, that's our gift to them where we're saying we're going to coordinate your day and we're still going to get you down the aisle and then we'll see you next year. And we do all that we can to not charge a fee if that's what they prefer to do. Um, we do have some policies where we outline again, kind of where that rescheduled date lands or if extra hours are involved. But for the most part, we, we try and do our best with still providing that ceremony um, in their package and the reception later for no cost. And you're not just in North Carolina, you actually travel. Like you said earlier, you have one in Boston coming up, you've done a wedding in New Orleans, but you've also traveled um, out of the country too, am I correct? I actually did go to a uh, shootout there to um, learn and work with amazing vendors and actually get to, at the end of it, style my own shoot, um, just based off what we had learned that week. And that was in Italy. So that was just, an amazing experience and taught me so much. Um, we we love getting out of the area because I really feel like it just helps us bring something different to our brand and, and our work. Um, seeing people do things differently over there and just out of our state even. Getting to work with vendors that have a completely different viewpoint on design or flow or timeline and culture and how they do things at a wedding. Um, like some, some people put a huge emphasis on the dinner and they have dinner for like two, three hours mm. and dancing, you know, goes way into the night where here, you know, we do, you know, dinner for like an hour or so, and then we go into dancing and then we end around 10 or 11. So, um, it's been really cool to just have our minds opened up to different, you know, ways of doing things. And I think that's something we always want to do so we can stay on top of being, unique and intentional like we you know brand ourselves to be but now how many brides have said i'm just canceling the wedding altogether, and we're not going to get married until this covid stuff is over with because i know it's got to be frustrating yes I, I think some couples have you know obviously just said we're just going to take a pause i i don't know when we're just going to wait it out We've only had a couple of people cancel. Um, so two out of however many we've rescheduled is definitely a great number. Um, we highly encourage just, if y'all can wait it out, like, you know, it's it's more beneficial to couples who have invested like deposits, their time and everything into the wedding to reschedule. But, um, you know, we've only had a couple that have said, you know, we're just gonna get married and we're gonna cancel. And then obviously having to have that hard conversation with them and their vendors um, and trying to nail down what's fair as far as um, budget goes. 
uh, is definitely something to navigate. But um, I think just keeping a respectful tone and just again communication with with uh, not necessarily maybe all the whys, but you know how do you want to go about this has been a really good thing to also grow us because it's conversations that we've not necessarily had in the past. Um, so yeah, I think it's growing everyone, all the vendors and definitely couples and how they navigate decisions. But um, we've only had about two weddings that have said, we're just gonna go ahead and get married and we may do the reception later. So we've honestly just put a hold on a couple dates for them and we've put a date on our calendar that we say we'll reconnect at this point. So maybe your plan B looks like having your coordinator or you guys talking to all your vendors about that possibility. Mm -hmm. And then your coordinator putting a date or the couple putting a date on their calendar that's intentional to talk about the reschedule later. Um, just so there's some breather room, letting you know the situation kind of run its course and then reconnecting in January or after the holiday or something, um, but still knowing you have your vendors there ready for whenever you're ready. So let's say, a bride is they're, they're planning the wedding now how far out do they need because i mean COVID has thrown a wrench into everything because like i have a bride coming on tuesday night that she's getting married in november and i told her to tune in today for some tips because obviously the reschedule and the what ifs and not really knowing how many people if, they, if they're gonna release some of the um restrictions or what so what are your what's your advice for that yeah, so if your wedding is coming up this year, um, I would really weigh your plan B option. I, I, we st like I said, we still have plenty of weddings happening in September, October, and November, but they're just looking a little different as far as guest count goes. So, you know, you have those couples that are the ones that are determined to get married, and no matter what, we're having this wedding on November, you know, whatever the date is. So in that case, that's when I would tell the couple, okay, now that we know where your thoughts are, we need to get a guest list that is maybe the 50 or what the current mandate is in case it gets push, push, push. And you're now at 10 in each building and 25 outside. So go ahead and have that plan ready. So come early October, when you're starting to head into that month out time where you're sending in final guest count, you have that ready to go. So you could still do your invitations and do all that if you prefer, but put a note on your invitation, 100%. That's a big tip for this year. Put a note on your invitation saying, we're very aware of the situation. Please RSVP as you are comfortable to RSVP. And for any updates, please visit our website and have a constant update on your website that's saying, you know, we're still moving forward at this point. We'll update you. Um, and I've even had some couples send a note out three weeks from their wedding day or four weeks from their wedding day to those who are now not able to come to the reception and saying very tastefully, we look forward to celebrating you at the ceremony. Please come by, grab a water, coffee on your way out. And uh, we are now having a private reception or a private dinner um, if you're just doing that pared down dinner. Um, so that's a big tip. If you're like, I'm moving forward no matter what, um, make sure you put notes on your invitations and your website and have that smaller guest count ready to go. Um, and then 
you know, think through with your coordinator or your venue on some creative ways you can make those people that are leaving feel included. We're doing a wedding at the end of September where it's a small, intimate, private dinner after the ceremony. But, you know, there's about twice as many people coming to the ceremony because um, that's allowed. And after they, they're actually doing their first dance at the end of the aisle. So they're walking back out. So that was an idea we thought of with the bride is after they get married, their exit song is actually their first dance song. And they'll stop at the end of the aisle and share their first dance. And then there's actually going to be a coffee station set up next to the parking lot um, that's decorated and beautiful so that after they get their photo with the bride, we send them on to grab a signature coffee. And that's their kind of treat on the way out. Um, so everyone got to see the first dance. They got a photo with you and now they're leaving and everyone's been super understandable. You know, you don't have the choice but to have 25 people at your dinner. So they understand and the couple wants to go forward no matter what. So we had that guest list ready and we put a note on the invitations and now we're ready for end of September. So that's what I would suggest to anyone getting married this year saying, you know, this is my year. I'm going to get married no matter what. Yeah, I love that. I would have never thought of having the first dance at the end of the aisle. That way they feel like they're included because there's yeah. got to be hard feelings that they're not, they're invited to the wedding, but they can't go to the reception because, you right. know, there there's always one in that crowd that always. wants to always be about them. And there's got to be hard feelings when they were like, well, I'm going to go to the reception anyway. And you're yeah. like, I'm sorry. No, you can't go to the reception. You're not on the list. <laughs> No, it, it, you know, it really softens it. And it also, I think just those particular guests, they feel seen and they feel heard. And I think that just completely softens the, the whole day. And it makes the bride and groom remember that they did something really unique on their wedding day too. Mm -hmm. So I've even thrown around the idea of, hey, you can have your wedding cake sitting next to that coffee station or at the end of or rope it into your ceremony and that's your unity you guys cut it together and feed each other and that's like your unity um so and people got to see you cut your cake and then maybe you have like little favors since you're not spending as much on your budget for those you know 100 people that can't come to the caterer part of it anymore you're not spending on dinner for them so maybe put it towards a couple of truffles or something dessert based so that they saw you cut your cake. You do your, uh, you know, first dance after you're married at the end of the aisle. And then they get a little treat to take home with them afterwards. And uh, then you get a beautiful private dinner with your family after. And it's it's been a beautiful time to kind of see people open up to unique timelines. So that's kind of some fun, creative stuff that we've been doing. And see, you can see your eyes are lighting up because it's making you think outside of the box, too, as a coordinator. Yeah, it's it's been really cool to see a challenge. And I'm always someone who's like, what's the what's the next thing? What are we doing? Let's go. Um, and I'm an eight on the Enneagram, if anyone does that. And I uh, I'm a challenger and I can't sit still. And I was like reading this thing on like what numbers on the Enneagram do during a quarantine. And the eight was like, start a business, change your business. What are you doing? You know, So that's definitely been it for me. I've, I've been pulling our team in to think of really fun ways that we can involve everyone into everything as much as possible with still staying safe and within the, the legal limits. Um, 
So it's been fun. And you I talked mean, about fun, but it's been the best we can make it for these couples. <laughs> now you talked about your team. How many are full-time and how many are part-time? And I know you have some interns too as well, right? Yes. So we are a team of 10 now. Um, we started off as a team of four and they were just interns and I, you know, was like, let's just do it. I'm going to hire an intern and we're going to do this together. And, um, it actually turned into hiring four interns. We all worked our butt off for free basically. And, uh, you know, a year later we had, um, all those girls turning into more of a permanent coordinator assistant position freelance, because it just makes sense. You know, they have they have full-time jobs, they have other creative outlets, but their obligation to us is they're part of the permanent team. They just work, you know, as we schedule them once or twice a month. Um, so I actually have a assistant now, her name is Hannah and she's our creative assistant um, who works with me three days a week. So that's been really fun to have that help. Um, so mm -hmm. I do stuff like this and focus on my design and now have somebody who can help me with executing my ideas and emails and things like that. Um, so it's really helped our flow and our process. But I also have um, a blog writer. So I have a creative writer named Julie and she works uh, freelance and does a couple blogs a month now. Um, and then I have everyone trying to <laughs> list all their names and not forget anyone. Um, I love my girls. But um, I have Christina, who is the lead design with me on how we gather and leads weddings. I have Tisha, who is uh, an event management lead and does a couple full planning a year. I have Hannah Sosha, who is a coordinator assistant and does have expertise in leading if I ever need her to step in. So she's kind of our substitute lead if we need it. Um, and then I have Jen, who's a coordinator assistant, Rose, um, Alex, and then I have Kristen, who is also on as a graphic um, designer. So she helps us with any fun packets and designs and keeping our brand consistent across the board. And then myself, who's the lead designer and planner. And then I guess 11 would be Thomas when he gets to work with me. And then we always keep on an intern for every um, season. So uh, spring, summer, fall, and usually winter is our off season for interns. So yeah, 10 to 12 is kind of what operates at The Gathering Co. And you started out with just you in a dream and look at you. And how long ago was that when you, how long ago was that when you started out part-time? I just kind of brought in the idea January of 2018 and just played around. I made like a one page website that was just like a list of what I thought made sense. Um, and then, you know, I had the education of event, event managing prior to that. But as far as like having an own business, you know, that was new for me. So um, I knew how to do a wedding. I knew how to lead a wedding, how to plan a wedding, but putting it into a business, um, we just went for it. And then May of 2018 is our actual business registration date. I, you know, got a couple weddings and realized this is what I love. And it's also a full-time job. And if I'm really going to do it, I really got to do it. And so I turned it from a hobby to a business officially in May and transitioned out of my corporate position into um, having a creative business. So. 
Yeah, lots of great things happened in May of 2018. I actually purchased the blog cabin in May of 2018. There you go. It must be mad. Yep, I love it. It's been a really cool, it's crazy to think how much it's grown in the last two and a half years. And I kind of have to remind myself, and it's great to have friends around me that realize I get so hyped up about it sometimes or like you're <laughs> two and a half years like <laughs> but I just love it so much and I, I just love having couples that um, want to get married it's such a it's such a beautiful thing in, in what the world is and so uh, it's, it's a cool field to be in do you ever think you're going to take a step back and let everybody else do the running day to day and you just take on specialty weddings or do you think you're yeah. always want your hand in the cookie jar Oh, I've, I've asked that a lot. Um, I've definitely taken a step back more than I used to, um, you know, not being the only one on our email and even letting another person lead a wedding is a big deal. Um, but luckily we have such a strong way of doing things that they fall right into that. But I think maybe one day I would take a little further step back because I, you know, I, we have a couple of other businesses coming forth, like how we gather and we're actually starting a virtual wedding planning hour company where you can literally just hire us for random hours. So if like you need a couple hours here and there, you can hire us for that. Um, but I think I'd always be a part of it in a big way. You back? <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I was just laughing. Every once in a while, it does that, and I even have a separate internet connection out here now because of COVID. Because I couldn't draw from the house because everybody was on in the house. So <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I I think you. I don't know if you heard that last part. You said separate internet, um, like company like you're doing yes. so I was virtual. saying I'll always I'll always be a part of what the, the gathering co in a big way I don't see myself just being like y'all go for it I'm just gonna be the manager of the business um I love the rush of it I love the energy a wedding day brings I never see myself not doing that um obviously the more and more we grow I may you know not take as many on just by myself with a, a team but um, always have my hand strongly in it, but, um, we're also starting another company that is tied to the gathering co, but it's all a cart virtual hours. So, um, you can just hire us if you need some advice or you want to talk to a planner or you want to talk about your design, um, or your transition with COVID going on. Um, they're just gonna be a la carte hours where you basically just sign up and send us a date you wanna hop on the phone and do it through Calendarly. And it's just an hourly rate where you get to talk with us um, and work through some of problem solving or whatever's going on. Um, so yeah, we're gonna start that up, which I think is really fun because it kind of widens uh, the experience with working with us and maybe some couples that haven't decided to hire a planner get to just chat about it and work through their wedding ideas for however however many hours they want to so i i'll always have my hands in lots of things going on with us but i never see myself fully stepping away from 
the wedding days. I just love them too much. <laughs> and also helping couples navigate different situations with relatives as well, because you came in a great hand for Maddie's wedding. Cause we thought we were going to have one situation and we ended up having <laughs> another situation. And it was like, yeah, you just never know. Weddings bring about lots of emotions. And especially now you've got that going on plus emotions of what your wedding day is going to look like. So it's kind of, uh, it's my heart. Hospitality, I truly believe, is Thomas and I's gift. And um, I love bringing that to my work. And so we're not just your designers or your planners. We also want to be there for you in whatever way we can. And sometimes that looks like pulling you aside and saying, you know, we can get through this. This situation is okay. Like, what do I need to do to support you? Um, we actually had a really cool situation happen. Um, where it was very windy outside and um you know things were just kind of on the edge about where to put the ceremony we moved the chairs a couple of times because they were worried about the winds and wanted the flowers to look perfect um the bride you know was getting uh, upset about it didn't know what to do and she was hearing opinions from her bridal party her mom and and me and it was just a lot and um we're kind of getting down to where we needed to make a final decision. So they had their first look together. And there was a moment where I got to talk with the bride and groom on just a very personal level and say, you're going to remember what your priority is. If it's Wendy, you're going to have those beautiful photos with your hair and the flowers are going to stay. We've got them tied down. So if you want to be outside, that's where we need to have the wedding day. If you want to be inside and not worry about all of that, but this particular outdoor spot was so important to her that I just said it boils down to what you're going to remember. Mm -hmm. You're not going to remember a little bit of wind. You're going to remember that you got to get married with your backdrop that you wanted. So situations like that come up where you kind of have to play that person that is just there for them and kind of lays it out and works through it with them emotionally. And that's a big deal to us. We love being that person that kind of gets to help out in all sorts of ways. Yeah, plus two, the weather, because Maddie's oh wedding gosh. day, it like poured in the morning and then it poured later on that night, but it was luckily very clear. But you already, a great had, a <laughs> you had, already had a plan B in place. Well, we'll just move the chairs inside. We'll keep the guests when we get ready to, you know, go from the ceremony to the reception. The guests will be on this side. We've already got it all planned out. And I was like, whew. Well, yeah, you got to have that rain plan. Plan B is so important in a lot of situations. Um, but yeah, I mean, having that ready to go. We had rags ready to go. We were like wiping down the chairs. And it worked out great. So, but yeah, having that kind of uh, helps calm the mind that you know there's another plan in place if you need it. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, Chelsea, thank you so much for coming on and talking about wedding planning and talking about how to navigate during COVID. Tell everybody where they can find you at. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Um, you can find me at tgcevents.com or on Instagram, thegathering.co. Um, and obviously how we gather is on there as well. So feel free to reach out to us. Uh, my email is home at tgcevents.com and we're always available. 
All right, guys, have a great rest of your day and make sure you tune in to the second part on Tuesday where I'm actually talking with a bride. So thank you again, thank you Chelsea. So Bye. Bye. Wow, that was such a great interview with Chelsea. Here's a little tidbit. I actually recorded this episode on August 26th. My daughter's first wedding anniversary was August 21st. So you can imagine it's such a great thing to do. I need you to actually tune in to our next episode after Chelsea's, um, after I do my 50th episode. And we're going to be chatting with a bride who is trying to navigate all this, um, the things with COVID, trying to navigate, you know, planning, trying to navigate whether or not her venue is still going to be available. And she's getting married in November. So I really need you to listen to that one as well. Because honestly, guys, I don't think any of us was ever prepared for a global pandemic, but to hear such things like have your first dance at the end of your aisles so that the people that are not included during at the, for the reception are included in the ceremony or having a coffee station and a little treat for them to take home. That is amazing. And something I would have never thought about. That is what a wedding coordinator does for you. And I will honestly say that was probably no, it wasn't probably, it was the best money that we spent on my daughter's wedding because it gave me the freedom to do other things and not just focus on just the wedding. So if you have it in your budget or if you can scrape it together, I would so recommend hiring a wedding planner. It doesn't have to be the gathering code, but the gathering code was one of the very special touches that we had for Maddie's wedding that made it more um special to us because we knew the people that were doing it. So don't forget, I have turned these chats from the blog cabin into not only this podcast, but also Facebook lives where you, they appear first. And then I post the videos on YouTube. So if you want to see the faces behind the voices, then you go to YouTube or Facebook live adventures of frugal mom. Thank you for being part of the Chats from the Blog Cabin podcast and family. And really, I really need you to subscribe to the show and to leave a, leave a rating because you know what, folks? That helps me out as well. And it helps me get these podcasts in front of more people. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Be blessed. And remember, keep chatting.